Are you ready to take the leap from straight line, walking foot, or free motion quilting to ruler quilting? Well, whether it's on your domestic machine or you have a long arm, today's guest has a ruler for you. Today, we'll learn the ins and outs of quilting with rulers with Kelly Kazmarek of the Silly Moon Quilting Company. Welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Hello and welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast, where I explore the stories of teachers, speakers, artists, and everyday quilters to share their tips, tricks, adventures, and day-to-day life that will bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share with you this week's episode. So, here we go. I've been so excited to have Kelly Kazmarek of Silly Moon Quilting Company on the show because I have never even tried guiding my quilting at the needle of my machine with a ruler. I know everyone's doing this and I haven't even tried it. I'm actually looking forward to taking one of Kelly's online workshops. I do everything free motion or walking foot right now and I can't wait to try this because I'm so behind the curve. Literally. Quilting with rulers is all the rage right now. Kelly and her husband built their Canadian-owned, family-run business from scratch when she wanted to start quilting with rulers that she could use both on her long arm and her domestic machine. And her husband said, I can do that. And a business was born. So let's get right into it. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know. I can't wait to learn. This is such a great topic. Now, I can't wait to dive into the ruler conversation, but I always love to take a little look back. So can you start by telling us a bit about your quilting story? How'd you get started? Oh, gosh. A few moons ago when my mom my mom was living with us and she passed away, she had Alzheimer's and we had taken care of her. And I decided that I needed a hobby because um, the timing, I guess, worked out that uh, my children both moved out at the same time. So I was an empty nester with just my husband and I needed something to fill all those hours and I needed to keep my brain busy. My hobby prior to quilting was actually uh, scrapbooking and cross-stitching. But my loving mother left me enough cross-stitch for us and probably all of your listeners combined. (laughs) So I figured that wasn't an option. That wasn't something that I should be doing. So I went to a dear friend's who had a wall hanging on her wall. And I I'd thought about quilting for quite some time, but she had a wall hanging on her wall. And I absolutely fell in love with the wall hanging. It was um, until I found out that it was all hand stitched. It was all needle turn applique. And I went, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I needed something that was a little bit quicker to do. So the first quilt that I decided to make, and she helped me with it, we went to the store together and we bought all the supplies and got me going. I bought the stuff to make a rag quilt for a family member who was ill. And that was my first quilt. And I went through the rag quilt process. And then after rag quilts, I moved on to pieced quilts and from there moved on into a long arm. And I did, I started quilting actually on my mom's little Bernina 801 sport that had a throat space about that big but it's a workhorse. It's a great little machine. I still use it for piecing sometimes. So you were generally crafty in the first place and then you fell Mm -hmm. in love with quilting. So was there one quilt mentor who really made a difference for you? Was there a friend who got you started? Yeah, my, my good friend who started, had the quilt on her wall and then we actually joined a guild together. So she's kind of my guru. I'll send her pictures and go, what do you think? 
she's not as much, I've kind of, I'm falling towards the modern side where she's much more traditional, but we both have similar tastes and colors and appreciate. And we're the, we're close enough. And we live close enough that the call is, do you have any of this fabric when we're short for something? If we need some, <laughs> some ah. fabric, it's a phone call away. It's so nice to have a clothing buddy, I guess. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice to have a partner in crime, right? <laughs> Absolutely. She keeps me in check too. She goes, you don't really need that. And I'm like, but it's pretty. No, you don't really need that. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you both live close together, but where are you in hmm. the world? Where do you I live? live in Mission, British Columbia. So just uh, an hour outside of Vancouver, uh, a little better than an hour in the Fraser Valley. And what kind of studio space do you create in? Can you tell us what your studio is like? Oh my gosh. Well, I started with one room in the basement that was my daughter's dojo, her karate room, practice room. So I started there and then I purchased a long arm. So then I took over the other half of the basement and then when we started Silly Moon, I took over the garage, which we had converted to a space for my mom for living. So that is now my studio, which is where I'm sitting right now, my filming studio and my storage. And I do some sewing here and I tend to kind of spread myself all over the house. So I'm slowly taking over most of the house, actually. <laughs> it sounds like a good space. So it sounds like you were leaning towards modern quilting more than any other type. So what's the favorite quilt that you've ever made? I actually have to say, I really enjoyed this quilt that's behind me. This was one I just finished and I liked it because it was simple, went together really quick, but it just kind of was perfect for ruler quilting to show off our two latest sets of rulers. And it was simple to do. I think one of the first big quilts I did was a Tula pink quilt and it was just big 16 inch blocks with a Tula fabric and then Tula all-stars. And then I used solid in there and it just gave me a really great space to play, play with the rulers. So I'd say those are probably my two favorite. Yeah. And I can see your ruler work right on the back of the quilt. So I'll probably put this little feature in the trailer video so people can see it, but I can actually see the beautiful quilting on there. So in the white square is that ruler work and you've mm -hmm. used a bold thread to make it stand out. Yeah, it is ruler work. It's, and it's very simple ruler work. It's all done with one ruler. That is, that's our kite ruler, our newest one. Um, and it's just using that ruler to do different shapes. I'm a big proponent of if we make a ruler, it has to do more than one thing. I don't like a ruler to only do one thing. So where it does a perfect kite, it also does a whole bunch of other things as well. And that's what I wanted to showcase in this quilt, how you could take ruler work and use one ruler and get lots of really cool design ideas with it. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Okay, so finally, Thank let's you. get right into talking about the rulers. So somehow this quilting journey that you were on turned into this crazy ruler manufacturing adventure. So how did that come about? Mm -hmm. I guess we'll back up to my when I purchased my long arm is kind of when it started. I was trying to quilt some double size quilts the night before Christmas because that's what us quilters do, right? For Christmas gifts. And I was trying to free motion quilt. I'd watched a video on YouTube, so I was all that I could do that. So I was trying to free motion quilt these large quilts on my little Bernina. And my husband came down. And of course, at this point, I'm sure I was close to tears. And he said, there's got to be a better way. And I went, oh, there absolutely is. So then time went on a little bit. And long story short, I ended up buying a long arm. And the plan originally with the long arm was for us to ease into retirement and me use this long arm and quilt other people's quilts. However, once I got the long arm, I thought about how much work went into quilts and I was terrified to quilt other people's quilts. 
So we talked about it and we said, well, we'll just kind of see where this plays out. So I started playing with it. And when I purchased my long arm, it was, it was used and it came with some rulers. So I started playing with the rulers and I was getting frustrated because there were some things about the rulers I didn't like. And I didn't have rulers to do certain things. So I didn't have rulers to do circles. That was one of my big things. I love circles. I love pebbles. And I just didn't have a ruler that was going to allow me to do that. And like I said, there was a couple of things about the rulers that I didn't really like. So I talked to my husband about it and we have a full CNC shop. So he said, well, we can do that. We can change that. What do you want? So I kind of joke and I tell this to my classes too, that, you know, our, our process is that I will show them a ruler and really badly sketch it out and say, this is what I want. And then after 30 years of marriage, he looks at it and goes, well, is this what you really mean? And he'll give me the proper drawing of what it's supposed to look like. And I'll go, yes. And he does all the math stuff to make it work. So he did that with the first couple of rulers that I asked for and he made them for me. And I went, these are awesome. And from there, I started showing them at local guilds and from local guilds, we went to local quilt shows and then our big launch was going to be Quilt Canada. We had decided that, you know, did we want to do this? Was it just for fun? Is it something that I was just kind of supplementing my paying for my, my quilting habit? And we didn't really know if we wanted to jump in with both feet. And then with Quilt Canada in Edmonton, we did decide that that was it. We were going to do this. There were enough side factors coming towards us that said, you need to do this. Like, this is a business that's going to work. You need to do this. So we ended up going full in with Quilt Canada, nice big booth, did all of the stuff to do the booth. And then after that, well, we know where that ended up. So we had to change and pivot our position. So that's kind of how the rulers started. <laughs> yeah. And it's so exciting. So how long have you been in business, actually? It doesn't sound like you've been in business that long. No, we haven't. I would say we're about three years is really when we've actually been selling the rulers, two and a half, three years. We dabbled a little bit before, like local quilt shows and stuff like that, but nothing of any consequence. And like I said, Quilt Canada was going to be our big leap into the ruler world, so to speak. So are you guys both full-time in this business or do you have other jobs and you're trying to do this on the side? How is it working? Um, well, we do, have, we do have another business. With COVID, it slowed down quite a bit, actually. So it's kind of nice that this has allowed us to pick up on the other end and it's allowed us to do other things. Before we started this, my husband was pretty close to semi-retiring, or so it's kind of taken some of the pressure off him, and I don't really feel it as pressure because I'm loving what I do every day is a new day, and it's just really a different place than I ever thought I'd see myself, but I absolutely love it. So Yeah. So how have you balanced family and the quilting business over the last few years with two girls? Well, my girls are both grown, so they're both adults now. Occasionally can coerce them to come in and help me out if I'm stuck or if I'm behind. I've had them sitting there packaging and counting rulers and stuff, so they'll help out. Uh, my one daughter's uh, very, very good at social media, so she'll help me if I have questions and problems with my social media and technology, because that is definitely an area I struggle in. And we just really try to make sure that you know we have family time, and when family time is family time, the phones are down, the computers are off. We, you know, if we're going to do something and spend the day together and it's the same with my husband and myself, I've recently taken up motorcycle riding last year, which if you'd asked me two years ago or five years ago, I would have said you were crazy that I would ever ride a street bike. 
but it's an unwritten rule. If we're together and away from the business, then we're away from the business. The phones are down. The phones are off. We don't answer emails. We don't answer phone and we don't answer Facebook, social media, nothing. Everything gets shut down and we focus on just spending that time together. Oh, that's nice to have family time. And it's nice that they're old enough that they're able to help you out as well. So that's so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have such a cute business name. So how did you come up with the business name? (laughs) Well, thank you. My daughters, um, when they were little, would always ask, why is the moon out during the day, mom? And I would give them the long technical explanation. And they would turn around and go, oh, mom, it's just a silly moon. So when I was trying to think of a name for the business, I kind of wanted to call it after my daughters because they very much pushed me in this and said you can do this mom you've got this like this is go for it give it you know they were very 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 supportive so I felt it was important to include them as part of the name and so we came up with the name silly moon to pay homage to my daughters and kind of say I'm thinking of you (laughs) yeah that's so nice so in case you're listening right now and you're thinking you want to check out these rulers the website is sillymoonquiltingco.ca and Kelly what's it like to be a Canadian biz in this big quilting industry it's amazing really I come from a law enforcement background So I'm not really used to people playing nice together. So (laughs) this is kind of a nice change. And I would say 98% of the people in this industry have been incredibly supportive and incredibly welcoming and store owners have been amazing. And they're like, yes, what can we do to help you? And we have real conversations about what works for them as a store and what works for us as, as a business. And it's just really neat. And um, my family or my husband has grown up being self-employed his entire life. And it's quite, it was quite new to me when we got mm-hmm. married, but it's just, I love it. It's so neat to be able to put that maple leaf on it and say, yeah, I'm Canadian. And we are, unless someone's come up in the last little while, the only Canadian manufacturer of a product. So the fact that we can offer that is, is pretty special to me. Yeah, that's so great. And so was there some was there a defining moment when you and your husband he was creating this product to fill your need? Did you guys both just suddenly start thinking, we can do this. This might be our business. What was that defining moment? Yeah, I think it was and I think it was my husband's always had a lot more faith in me than I've had in myself, <laughs> I guess. And he kept saying, if you want to do this, we'll do it. Like, you know, we'll we'll change plans, we'll do what we need to do, and I will support you a hundred percent in whatever you decide you want to do. So it was really me that was holding us back from jumping in with both feet. We we kind of joke he is very much the maverick of the relationship, and I'm very much the iceman of the relationship. <laughs> I'm talking reference there. But I'm very much the, I have to sit and think about it. I have to make my list. I have to, well, this if this happens, this will happen. If this happens, this will happen. Where he's just all in, let's do it. So really, when I had it on my laptop and I said, you know, I think that we should go to Quilt Canada. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's go. And he's booking hotels and he's booking everything. He's all over it. And I kind of went, nah, I don't know. Like it was, I mean, it's a lot of money for a small business. And I tried to really make sure that we are self-sustaining. So yeah, I think the big defining moment was when I hit the enter submission to go to Quilt Canada. That was kind of, okay, now we're in it. This yeah. is what we're going to do. Now we're in it. So you've done a few shows already as a vendor. So which ones that you did mm. actually get to go to, which ones were your favorites? Actually, most of my my shows are, have been local. 
And I love the show out in Chilliwack. It's a great show. And I've done a couple of them out there. And I guess I'm a little bit partial because that was my first show too, where I set up a booth. And and from day one to day two, things changed. Day one, we didn't have a demo table. Day two, we had a demo table. So it's learning every time you go to a show, you learn and you listen. And and just the support from some of the other vendors were like, oh, this is so awesome. It's so great that you're here. And, you know, we need to carry your product. And I'm kind of sitting there with deer in the headlights look going what is happening just because I didn't realize how big ruler work was and how big the quilting industry actually is yeah so um, we're going to go to a break right now but I have one more question before the break that I always ask every single guest that I have on my show in your quilting world what brings you the most joy Honestly, I think it's after I teach the beginner class and seeing people being confident and excited at the end to, yes, I can do this. They start the class with a lot of nerves and a lot of, I can't do this. And this looks way harder than I think I, you know, it's too hard for me to do. And by the end of the class, they're creating the designs and they're excited and they're happy with the class. So I would say that absolutely brings me the most joy. Oh, that's so great. It's it's hard to change. Hey, it's hard to go from what you're used to doing. And when you just get that little bit of education to to bring you that one step forward, mm-hmm. that's so exciting to see that surprise on people's face when they realize I can do this. Exactly. That's so great. Okay, right now we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about all of Kelly's rulers, including her latest one, which is called Kite and a little fun product called The Dude. We'll be right back. Northcott Fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Batiks, and Figo Fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. And if you head on over to my YouTube channel to watch the trailer, you'll see what I'm wearing. Sass Boutique has stepped up to the challenge of dressing me in style for the podcast trailers. This casual rust-colored linen dress with pockets is designed by Cosmos. It's so light and comfortable, it's like floating on a cloud. And these really cool earrings are made by Cork House Designs. With shops in Summerland and Penticton, if you love what I'm wearing, you can pick up the phone and call Sass Boutique to order this outfit today at 250-494-1677. Sass Boutique, an excellent selection of contemporary and classic women's clothing. And we are back. So Kelly, I want to know, what was it like to create your very first ruler? How did that come about? What was it like? Give us a glimpse into that initial design. It was exciting, actually. I went to my husband and I said, this is what I want to do. I want to do circles. So cheesy was one of our first rulers. And I, but I said, I want to be able to hold it and I want those edges to not be sharp. I had other rulers where the top edge was a sharp 90 degree piece of acrylic. And I found holding it for a long period of time. At that time, I was primarily using rulers on my, my long arm. So I found holding it for a long period of time without quilting gloves, it just wasn't really comfortable in my hand. So I wanted something that was really comfortable to hold. Mm -hmm. So that's when we decided to make our rulers a little bit different and add that rounded edge on all of the tops of them to just make it a little bit easier to hold on to for a longer period of time. And then he asked what sizes I wanted and I suggested different sizes of the holes. So he took the ruler and tried to make those holes fit within that ruler. 
And he put markings on the ruler, which was kind of, I thought this was neat. He put markings on the ruler to allow me to line that up in any direction. So wherever I had a seam or a marking line so that I could do a straight line or a chain of pearls or something with that ruler. But he also engraved on the ruler the size of the hole that it was when it was finished. So when you're ruler quilting, you need a ruler foot, which is typically half inch in diameter. So that half inch in diameter has to be accounted for when you look at the ruler. So if you look at a circle ruler and in ours, it'll say two inches. Well, that's the two inch finish size of what you're going to get as a stitched line. So the numbers that are on the rulers, we make sure are the stitch line size, not the size of the hole. Because if you picked up that ruler and looked at that hole, you would go, well, there's no way that that's two inches. But you're right. It's not because he's already done all the math to figure out so that it makes it fit perfectly. Oh, that's so great. And I love that cheesy ruler because it's kind of a square and it's got the circles in it and it kind Mm -hmm. of looks like cheese, like a brick of cheese, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) With the holes in it. So, and you do both long arm and domestic, right? And the rulers can be used on both. I do. Yes. Yeah. You really have to, I'm, I'm fortunate in that my domestic machine is a Juki and I can use the exact same rulers on my long arm as I use on my Juki. Some domestic machines require thinner rulers. So we offer most of our rulers in one quarter and one eighth thickness. And it's easy to tell what you need just by using four quarters. And I actually put a video out on that on my YouTube channel, but I'm happy to answer anyone's question if they're not sure what thickness of rulers they need as well. Yeah, that sounds really good. And also, what kind of foot do you use on your machine if you're going to use these rulers? You need a ruler foot. And it looks very similar. A lot of times people will confuse it with a free motion foot. But that ruler foot, you want to make sure you've got the height that is going to run up against your ruler. And it's about a quarter of an inch. And that ruler foot will minimize the risk of the ruler slipping over top of your foot and coming between your needle and your ruler foot and your quilt sandwich, which creates horrible noises and broken needles and timing getting thrown out of your machine. So it's really, really important to make sure that you've got a ruler foot and that you do get the right thickness of rulers. Those are two of the biggest things that you need to be caught up when using. Yeah. And it's so nice that you're willing to take that call or that email saying, okay, let's just get this set up right in the first place to make sure we've got the right foot Mm -hmm. and that everything's going to go well. Okay. So let's talk more about your online store and your products. So how many rulers do you have now? And then tell us about the dude. We've got 40 different rulers now, which is mind blowing. I actually had to count for the, (laughs) we keep making them and, and I don't actually sit and count. So we've got 40 different rulers Some of them are very specific shapes. So the heart and the maple leaf and and kite, of course, but all of those can be used to create different designs. As we talked about earlier, don't just use one ruler for one design. There's lots of different options for them. Dude, we came up with, and he's been very, very popular. Uh, Apparently purple is the most popular color, but we came up with dude because when you're doing ruler work, you want to know where your needle is going to end up. So your needle is, because your ruler foot's a half inch in diameter, your needle is a quarter inch away from the edge of your ruler, so or the edge of your ruler foot, which means that it's a quarter inch away from your ruler. So if you're working in a straight line or you're working in an area where you're not sure where your stitches are going to be, there's one of the appendages on Dude is actually a quarter inch. So that will help you line up your ruler so that it ends up perfectly every single time. So for example, if you're working with edgy six, which is our straight edge ruler, 
and you want to know where that quarter inch is going to end up because you're trying to meet a point at the other end of the ruler as you stitch down by using that quarter inch arm on dude, it'll get you lined up perfectly. So you can just easily stitch down that line and end up in the right spot. And then of course, it helps you check your quarter inch seam if you're piecing as well. And then the other appendages on dude are different sizes and they can help you with anything you need to measure, whether you need to mark out your quilt. If you choose to mark out your quilt, there's different sizes on dude. And we actually made him there's other ones on the market, but we chose to make him out of aluminum. So he's one eighth thick of aluminum. So it's fairly sturdy. You're not going to break any of the, the arms, so to speak. And if you drop it on the floor, it makes it nice and easy to hear because you can hear the thud a little bit more than you could a clear plastic. And because they're brightly colored, they're easy to find on your tabletop. Yeah, dude must be the star of the show at every booth that you do. <laughs> yes, dude's very popular. <laughs> Okay, great. So you have your rulers all over Canada and soon to be in stores all over North America. So do you want to give a little shout out to some of your retailers? I just want to say I am so incredibly thankful that retailers are willing to put my product on their shelf. I just, I know how hard retail business is and I am so incredibly thankful for every phone call and every email I get from somebody looking to put my product on their shelf. It just is fantastic. And I'm just so very excited to have so many amazing retailers across the country. It's it's pretty awesome. Well, it's such a great product and it fills a need. It solves your problem and you can use them both sides, inside, outside. It's just a really good, well-rounded product. So your ruler names are so awesome, like beanie, charming, <laughs> and cheesy, like you already said. So how do you, how do you come up with the names? We have a lot of fun with it. Sometimes we do a contest on Instagram or Facebook. Sometimes it's the shape, uh, cheesy, of course, because it looks like cheese. And of course, we're Canadian, so you've got to spell it like cheesy. And jelly, we've got jelly, which we named for a jelly roll because all of the parts of that ruler will help you quilt within two inch strip. Oh, so a finished okay. piece is a jelly roll. Turkey was named turkey because he came out at Thanksgiving and I thought he looked like a turkey. Rocket, I thought looked like a rocket, so we called it that. And we were originally going to go along the the moon theme. There's only so many moon words you can come up with, so we figured we had to start branching out. Charming, of course, is charming because it, it's predominantly used in charm squares, yeah. where the markings on it work perfectly. Yeah, I think that's some of the fun ones. Beanie, because we thought it looked like a bean. After calling them all these cute names, why is one of your rulers suddenly called Joan? Like, I thought that was so funny. It's like calling your dog oh. Walter. <laughs> is there a story behind yeah, the Joan well, ruler? <laughs> actually, actually, the reason Joan is called Joan is, is my sister-in-law, who I made my first quilt for, her name was Joan. And she was quite the inspiration. She was, if anyone was going to get it done, Joan would get it done. Both feet in, let's get her done. Not if you're afraid of anything. And she faced a lot of challenges in her life and fought hard right to the bitter end. And unfortunately, when we came out with Joan, we had just lost her to breast cancer. So I just wanted to kind of say, hey, Joan, we're thinking of you. And that's why we call it Joan. And then after we did that, one of my daughters went, oh, you mean like Joan of Arc? And I went, oh, okay, that works too. So it's kind <laughs> of a little bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it worked out that the name fits both. So not too many. Well, I guess now lots of people know the story um, of why it's actually called Joan, but it's because of my sister-in-law. 
Oh, I'm so glad I asked that. It's such a heartwarming story. And I just thought it was so funny. Like, you know, some people call their dog Walter suddenly, <laughs> which is a human name. And I'm like, oh, she has a ruler that has a person's name. <laughs> so now it's a little daunting for some quilters to think about ruler quilting for the first time. So tell us about how to get started. I know you've got all kinds of videos and workshops available. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, there's two video series on our YouTube channel, actually, that are the basics of ruler quilting. And we talk about what to look for when you purchase rulers, et cetera, et cetera. So those are really good ones to start. If you are interested, our beginner class is, it's a blast. We have a good time. I, as I'm sure you figured out, I'm not too serious about it. And my goal is, I tell everyone at the beginning, I want to make sure at the end of the class, these rulers aren't going to end up in a drawer because we've all done that. We've all bought something thinking it was going to be really neat and fun. And then it was just too hard or we couldn't conquer the task. So we end up putting it to the side. So when we teach the class, we make sure that we make sure everyone's engaged. We really try to include everyone. If need be, we'll pull people in breakout rooms if they're feeling a little intimidated on Zoom to ask questions. And if they're struggling, we try to do a lot of troubleshooting. So if they're having troubles with their stitches or any of that kind of stuff, the beginner classes, if you've never done ruler work, is a perfect place to start. And I like to call it a foundation class. So it builds the foundation to get you started on the right foot, so to speak, and make sure that you're happy with ruler quilting and you can move forward from there. Yeah, that sounds so good. So now ruler quilting is kind of like a big craze right now. So what kind of guilds or locations have been asking you to teach on Zoom? Oh my gosh. I just last night did the Ancaster Guild in Ontario. I've done guilds all across the country, New Brunswick, Halifax, Manitoba, Ontario, Ottawa, etc. BC, Alberta, of course. So basically all across Canada. Uh, New Jersey has had me do a talk there. It's pretty cool. And and that has been a huge thing when we had to make that pivot um, after Quilt Canada was cancelled to online classes and figuring out Zoom. It's really neat. I love being able to sit there in a room and teach and, and do guilds. And we get students in our classes from all across North America. And actually, we've got some people from Australia signed up for some of our classes coming up. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's so great. So if you are the program coordinator for your local guild, you can go to the Silly Moon website and contact Kelly anytime. She's open for bookings. So what are your three top tips that you have to mention in every class that you teach? Relax is usually one of them because people tend to do this when they're ruler quilting. Lift your chair up a little higher so that you can look down at that ruler. It makes the the visual a little easier. You can see your markings a little easier. Things line up better. Make sure you're using a thread and needle that your machine is happy with. Uh, it, I don't say specifically a type of thread or needle size to use because every machine's a little bit different. And in the beginner class, we go through that. Our supply list says to have an assortment of threads and needles because we ask people to change it out. And make sure you're using the sticky tape. All of our rulers include sticky tape. So if you're on a domestic machine, 100%, make sure you use sticky tape. If you're on a long arm, I use it about 50%, depending on whether I'm trying to do it and make sure you have a ruler foot. Okay. The, well, that leads things. right into my uh, my next question perfectly. I was going to ask you about your little trick that you use sticky tape on your rulers. So can you describe, let's pick the Cupid ruler, for instance, why would you mm-hmm. use sticky tape on both sides of this ruler? So on certain rulers, so on our Cupid and our Maple Leaf ruler, it's actually a ruler that you flip. So you do half of the heart. 
And then you flip it and do the other half on the other side. And that was to allow us to create a bigger heart and still keep the ruler manageable that people can kind of hold it in their hand and keep it nice and secure. So by putting that sticky tape on both sides, you can flip it back and forth and create those hearts or the maple leaf easily. Um, the sticky tape is game changer. If you're having problems on your ruler, on your domestic machine, my guess is that you don't have sticky tape. And I tell people, if you need it, put a little bit more on it because it helps you move that quilt sandwich and that ruler all as one unit. Yeah. So the tape is not sticking to your hands. It's sticking to the quilt. Okay. No, it sticks to the ruler. The ruler. Right? and the so then you, Yeah. So it's, it's sticky. Like you can peel it off the sticky yeah. tape. You peel it off and you stick it on the ruler. But the grippy part of it is, yes, between the quilt and the, and the, the ruler. ruler. Yeah. Okay, great. So 2020 has been a crazy year. So how has your world shifted over the pandemic? Oh my gosh. Well, before this started, I knew nothing about Zoom. I didn't even know what Zoom was. So the whole technology, I think, has changed. Trying to get that all sorted and organized has been huge. It's been just a game changer figuring out technology and how to reach out to people. And But it's also opened the world, which is awesome. It's created a space where we can talk to other people and move out and, and engage with people all around the world. And that's just an absolute game changer. Oh, that is so great. Um, I'm so glad to see that you're online on Zoom and it's kind of helping your business blossom, right? So um, you also you also do lectures. So tell us about that. That lecture is a fun one. It's uh, two hours and basically they just, people just listen to me talk. I like to talk. I've come to that conclusion through this <laughs> whole thing. I like to talk. And we talk about how to, to quilt it with rulers, but also come up with a quilting plan. So you've got the quilt top sitting there what are the next steps? What do you need to ask yourself? What questions do you need to answer before you can go into the next step and kind of how to break it down so that it's not so daunting and not so overwhelming? Because I think sometimes we look at the entire quilt and think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Instead of breaking it down into smaller areas. And so we talk about that. We talk about thread color. We talk about why you would use a contrasting thread versus using a blending thread, all of that kind of stuff so that people can get quilting their own quilts on their own machines quickly. Guilds can book you for a lecture as well. So taking your husband's hand and diving off the deep end into this business, after all of this work you're doing, is there actually time for you to quilt for yourself? Yeah, there is actually. I'm working on a quilt right now that is special and personal to me. I don't get tons of time to quilt, but I do kind of carve out time. So I'll either get up early in the morning. I find I do better in the morning than at night and I'll work on it for a little bit. But I keep my personal quilts separate. I won't post pictures of them. I find I have two different worlds. So if it's a quilt, that's a personal quilt. If it's a Christmas quilt for my kids or something, but this is um, this is quite a personal quilt. So I find that I keep it separate and then I don't post it. And I try to keep them as separate as I can. So there's work quilts and there's there's personal quilts. So I get a little okay. bit of time. I'm finding okay. I'm starting smaller projects just to make sure that I actually get something done. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So you have a personal quilt on your design wall right now. What's the next quilt you're making for the business? Actually, the next quilt for my business is I am absolutely in love with the new pattern by Apples and Beavers. It's a dragon quilt. And I have no reason to make it. I have no grandkids or anybody to make it for, but I already have a quilting plan in mind. So a lot of times I will look at a quilt and go, oh, I know how I'm going to quilt that. So then I'll make that quilt 
for that purpose. So that's that's going to be the next one that uh, I do up, I think. Oh, that one sounds like fun. Okay. So now we are going to get into the lightning round, Robin. It's a series of rapid okay. fire questions just to have some fun. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite notion? Oh, quilting rulers. <laughs> I thought you might say the dude, but yes, the rulers, of course. Oh, dude. Okay, dude, yeah. <laughs> what color do you choose most often when quilting? Teals and purples, for sure. Okay. And what is your favorite snack in the studio? Hawkins cheesies with chopsticks, because oh. then I don't get my fingers dirty. Good idea. Okay. And have you ever been recognized in public as a quilt expert? Not recognized in public, but it was, well, yes, I was uh, actually, it was quite cute. I was at a store and the owner of the store said, oh my gosh, I have to call this person. And they called them at home and the person was in the middle of making their dinner for their husband and basically told him he'd have to wait threw everything <laughs> to the side, got in her car and came down to the quilt shop and had me autograph um, some of her rulers. So it was pretty neat. And then I had another, I'd done a post where we're actually in our, in our spare spare time, we're restoring a boat. So there was a picture of me and my husband sanding the side of the boat and a lady sent me a message saying, I knew that was you even before you said it, because I've watched enough of your videos. I recognized your hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. So that was cute. <laughs> and have you had any embarrassing moments? I think probably when you, I was, I was, oh, yes, I was at a guild meeting, my very first guild where I was selling rulers. It was at a long arm guild. And I, I went with five of each ruler. I think I had three or four rulers at the time. So I went to five of each, not intending to sell any. So I was actually stormed the stage and people were getting quite annoyed at me and how dare you show up with only this many rulers and stuff. Oh, so no. it was a little, I'm not embarrassing so much, but in the process, I ended up waking up really quite ill that morning and I don't get sick very often, but I had a, a horrible, horrible cold. So I was standing at the front of the room. And if anyone knows what rocket looks like, you'll recognize the ruler. And I was standing and holding it in a way that was probably not appropriate and demonstrating a good use for it. And it created some laughter. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay. And the last question is, do you have any furry friends at home? I do. I have um, a great Dane. I have an Irish wolfhound and my daughter who lives with us uh, now has a pit bull. Yeah. So she's, those she's, all, she's a little sweetie. Uh, <laughs> those all sound gigantic and like a little bit of a handful, but very fun, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we've mentioned your website and you can find it at sillymoonquiltingco.ca where we can see everything you have to offer, but where's the best place for quilters to engage with you on social media? I would say probably Instagram. I have Facebook and Instagram, but we actually created a Facebook group that is called uh, Silly Moon Ruler Quilting Peeps. And okay. it's people that have taken classes, people that want to take classes, people that are interested in learning rulers. And it's just a really fun space where people will post things that they've done. And we have contests and giveaways on there. And then we also, people will post a quilt saying, what do I do with this? Or do you have any thoughts on how I would quilt this? And people will chime in with different ideas. And if I've got the time, I'll print it out and do some sketches and repost it again for them. So it's just kind of a neat community space for people all over the world to join in and talk about ruler quilting. And I always post 
new products and new classes there first so that those people get to, to see what's coming up. Oh, that's so great. And it's a nice little community where people can go ask questions. So can you just say the name of the Facebook group again? Silly Moon Ruler Quilting Peeps, P-E-E-P-S. Sounds good. And you have a ton of free content for quilters on YouTube. So let's talk about that. What is your YouTube channel called and what kind of stuff are they going to find there? It's Silly Moon Quilting Co. on YouTube. And we've got pretty much the basics of most rulers. We've got some tips on the sticky tape, where not to use it. There's a thing that says beware. We've got a thing, a video that shows you how to determine what thickness of rulers you need. And then our rulers, so Rocket, Jelly, Charming, we've got videos on there that'll show you some of the basics. We've got a few little tips and tricks like how to hang your quilts on your wall using clothes pegs. And just, we kind of, we're a little bit slower. We're moving back into getting more videos up. I just posted a video yesterday, actually, on this quilt here behind me on how I quilted the, the few designs that are on there. So anytime a new ruler comes out, there's going to be a video accompanying it. And then we add more as we go along um, with those products. Oh, that's so great. And the, the quilt behind you has the kite ruler. That's the one you used, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, kite. And then I don't know if you can see it. The bigger one in the center is drop or drop set of rulers, oh. which creates flowers. Yeah. Great. Okay. So now I'm going to outline the contest giveaway. This week's prize is so good. Kelly is giving away a dude with a few fat quarters to go along with that. So this tool is so great to help you set up your quarter inch seam allowance and all the things that Kelly mentioned already. It has so many other little tricks you can do with it. So you do not want to miss out on this giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, go to the Quilter on Fire YouTube channel. In the description of the video, you'll see a link to the contest giveaway. You want to enter that every week. It's open for five days and it always ends on a Sunday. So thank you so much, Kelly. That is such a generous prize. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, Kelly, as everyone we, should have a dude. Yeah, everyone should have a dude. Now, Kelly, <laughs> as we wrap up, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today? Have fun. Try something new. It keeps you young. It keeps your brain active. It wards off Alzheimer's. Yeah, have fun. Try something new. And ruler quilting is is not scary at all. It's it's a lot more fun than you think it's going to be. Yeah, I can't actually wait to try it. I really want to take one of your beginner classes. So thank you so much, Kelly. It's been a delight to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Brandy. I appreciate it. So that was my show with Kelly Kazmarek, quilt maker, manufacturer, and designer of machine quilting rulers with her hubby. They have created an all-Canadian, family-run small business that is growing in leaps and bounds. Watch for her products at your local quilt shop, say hi in her booth at the next big quilt show, or of course, check out her website at sillymoonquiltingco.ca. And if this is the first time you've heard about using rulers to guide your quilting at the needle of your sewing machine, then be sure sure to check out Kelly's videos on YouTube to see how fun and easy ruler quilting can be. Did you know that I teach, speak, and travel to quilt destinations all over the world? If you are ready to top up the happiness factor in your life and travel stress-free to a quilt show or on a textile tour to Japan, France, Morocco, or England, then head on over to the Quilter on Fire website to check out my upcoming itineraries. I'd love to travel the world with you. Now, are you loving this podcast? Take a moment right now to think of a friend who might love it too. I would be so thrilled if you would share this podcast or write a review on your podcast app. The kindest thing you can do to support a creator is to introduce them to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.